Welcome to The Lavender Files Crimes Unmasked, the true crime podcast that explores crimes against the LGBTQ community. Content may be distressing. Listener discretion advised. We approach these stories with sensitivity, remembering the victims and their struggles. Our goal is to advocate for justice. For informational purposes only, listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Lavender Files, Crimes and Masks. I'm your host, Liz. And I'm Casey. And today we're delving into the tragic story of Brandon Tina, who is a trans man and who faced unimaginable challenges. So let's start from the beginning. Are you ready? I'm ready. Tell me about Brandon. So Brandon was actually born as Tina Renee Brandon on December 12th, 1972, and lived in Lincoln, Nebraska. Hey, we actually share a name. I love that. Yeah, the same middle name. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so in high school, he identified as Billy and also dated some girls. But in 1993, he moved away to start a new life as a man, introducing himself as Brandon Tina. So like flipping around his name just to like give a new identity as a man. Oh, I love that for him. Yeah. So eventually he, sent, he settled in a town called Humboldt, Nebraska, which is a small town. Wow, that's quite a, quite a big change. How did Brandon's life unfold after this move? So Brandon was actually considered a skinny man at five foot five and 112 pounds. But he also got along with guys, played cards, and socialized. By 1993, the same year he moved, he started dating a girl named Lana Tisdell. And he made some friends with Tom Nissen and John Lauder, who were both ex-convicts. But interestingly, John Lauder was actually Lana's ex-boyfriend. Ooh, that's a dynamic. That's what I'm saying. So in this new town, did Brandon have any new challenges? So while Brandon had made new acquaintances, he did have one problem, and that was financial troubles, which led to him to forge checks for money and old habit, resulting in an arrest and brief imprisonment in the women's section. During this time, some people learned he was assigned female at birth, causing gossip and misunderstandings. His girlfriend, Lana, was super confused and shocked, but eventually she bailed him out. Also, there was a journal called Falls City Journal that had a list of arrests in the area he was in, and it listed him as female. Wait, hold on. So Lana wasn't sure who he used to be? Yeah, so whenever he was like dating girls, he would never tell them he was assigned female at birth. He, was usually, he would usually um, tell, tell them that he was a man. Well, I mean, that makes sense. It's totally up to him to, to disclose that information. So Lana was taken aback when she noticed signs of Brandon's assigned sex while he was in jail, as she actually caught a glimpse of his breasts while he was in there. But later on, he confided in her about his gender identity and undergoing a sex change procedure. Wow, that must have been really difficult for both of them to handle at that point. So I actually don't think you're ready about what's about to happen next in the story. I'm getting nervous. It's a little bit too much. But anyways, let's proceed. Okay. So later, both Brandon and Lana 
attended a Christmas Eve party with both Tom and John. But after excessive drinking, Tom and John decided to confront Brandon about his gender identity, which led to a traumatic incident where they demanded Lana to confirm his assigned sex. No. Yes. So both Tom and John decided to grab Brandon, pull his pants down, and demanded Lana to look. So they wanted her to admit that Brandon was a woman. She did look, but she didn't say anything. That sucks. Yeah. John eventually told Lana that she was needed back home, and she left. Brandon couldn't come with her as he wasn't welcomed at her home. So after Lana left, Brandon had gone to the bathroom, and Tom followed right behind him and punched and kicked him. Tom and John took Brandon into a car and drove out to a secluded spot. Tom had forced Brandon into the back seat and demanded he remove his pants. Scared, Brandon had removed his shoes and pants. Oh my god, Tom... I don't even know. I already, I feel it. I'm not ready. Okay. okay. Tom had then raped him in the back seat of the car. He did that to prove that he was a woman. After he was done, John, John then had his turn. Oh my god. These I know. Foul. These, I know. This is. Oh my god. So after this was all done, uh, Tom and John told Brandon that he couldn't tell anybody. So when Brandon stumbled to find Lana, she insisted to him to report the assault and rape to the police. That's terrible. Did the police end up catching up to Tom and John? Well, both Brandon and Lana went to the hospital where they took specimens for a rape kit. So to put even more trauma onto the situation, that's, um, my heart is, like, it's going out to Brandon right now. Yeah, so next, the sheriff who was in charge, Charles Locks, he showed insensitivity and referred to Brandon as an it. Oh, so he's just being a total jackass. Yeah. Um, He also asked inappropriate questions about his sexual experiences and doubted his claim at being a virgin. Seriously, dude? <laughs> yeah. So we're just we're just going to take this guy's worst night and we're going to say, hey, let's just throw some insult to this as well. That's well, they're great. in a small town they've never seen like or heard of, you know, I guess I'm just. They're very close-minded people. Oh, and this is in the 90s, so this yeah. is... Okay. Doesn't make it better, but I... Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so the sheriff also asked some questions like, why do you make girls think you're a guy? And do you kiss them? When Brandon refused to answer these questions, he was then called uncooperative. That's the stupidest thing ever. So please tell me Tom and John were at least arrested. So, three days had passed by then. So, after Brandon and Lana visited the hospital and met with the sheriff, um, deputies actually went out to question Tom and John about the assault and to have them arrested. But the sheriff, Sheriff Locks, would not allow the arrest. So, these guys just got to walk around for three days after committing this horrific crime. And then they just got a good talking to. And it's not even a talking to. They just asked them questions. Hey, you did this? I like, actually yeah. believe it's because the sheriff did not like Brandon. You know that what? That was the whole point. 
I can see that because he was already being super ugly to Brandon at the hospital. Like, we're condescending. Yeah, like, how can you ask those kind of questions? And I, I get it. You don't understand. But at the same time, but that's part of your job to do. Yeah, you're supposed to, to exactly. And not only that, but take his, take his gender out of the equation. He still was raped. Yeah, he's right. still like he's still a rape victim. Men get raped all the time. What makes it different that because because Brandon wasn't assigned male at birth, that's what's making this different. And both Tom and John were ex convicts. So So even more reason to a, a yeah. completely a hundred percent understood where Brandon was coming from and to arrest these guys on the spot. Yeah. Okay. I agree. So okay, I see where we're at now. So I'm afraid to ask, but what happened after the initial investigation? If you can even call that what that was. Yeah. To rewind a bit, one day after the assault, Tom and John were still really angry. Um, They had armed themselves with a rope, hatchet, a change of clothes, and they went looking for Brandon as he was a witness to the crime they committed. So you're telling me you just... You just committed a crime, and you're upset. You're yeah, exactly. You're frustrated. Yahoo! I'm frustrated. I bet Brandon was I, as frustrated. I bet Brandon was mortified by what they did to him, especially after when they weren't even apprehended for yeah, the crime. They're just walking around the streets, and Brandon has to know that. Okay, buddy. Both Tom and John. Uh, first stopped at his home in Lincoln, Nebraska, but they didn't find him there. Then they both started to drink and get drunk, you know, as they would. Um, <laughs> later on, on December 28th, they were called in and questioned by the police, which finally. John told him that Lana had asked him to find out if Brandon was a woman and that neither he nor Tom had sexual contact with Brandon. Okay, so now we're lying. Okay, got you. You're so right. we're liars. But after saying all this, he also refused to provide samples of semen or hair and even refused a polygraph examination. Yeah, because they know deep down. He knows he's going to get caught. Oh, yeah, because he's a soggy Pop-Tart of a person. Two days later, on December 30th, Brandon was supposed to go back to the police station. But he saw Tom there and decided not to go in. Uh, I would have done the same thing. I would have immediately turned around and ran home <laughs> right um but then he called his mother who asked him to come home brandon told her that he'd be there on january 2nd so after and this is to go back to his hometown correct right correct okay the same day tom and john drove to nebraska to see tom's mother he had suspiciously told her that he wanted to give power of attorney to his youngest child to her so automatically, I think he already knows that he's going to be put in prison for what he's about to do. I hope he's freaking shaking in his boots. Right. <laughs> then John had went to his mother's house to get a pair of gloves and a knife. They both later went to see a man named Eddie Bennett. Tom and John knew he had a gun. So when Bennett went to the bathroom, John snatched the gun from the drawer. Wow, okay, so things are escalating pretty quickly. I love how we jump to, like, now we have to kill him. Yeah, it's crazy. That same night, Tom and John went to Lana's house with the intention of killing Brandon. However, Brandon wasn't there. 
So Lana's mother directed them to Lisa Lambert's home, where Brandon was staying at the time. Um, they both got in the car and they started to drive. By some accounts, Lana was also in the car, but she denies this claim. I'm actually kind of mad at her. Why would you tell him? Why would you tell them where he's at? Like, I wonder if she knew like what their intentions were, but at the same time, like he wasn't Brandon wasn't welcomed at their house. So, but not only that, but at the same time, you know what they did to him. Yeah, like I don't know. I'm just not loving it. Then they forcibly entered the house by kicking the door open. Inside, they found Lisa in bed with her eight-month-old son in a crib. Oh, there's a baby. So, Tom located Brandon, who was hiding under a blanket on the floor next to Lisa's bed. After, chaos ensued and the baby began crying. Oh no, you had to know he's he's expecting the worst already. When Tom turned to check on the baby, he claims that Brandon was on the bed, clutching his stomach. Strangely, Tom says he didn't hear gunfire, but he asked John for his knife and then proceeded to stab Brandon. Wait, I'm hearing a lot about Tom. Where's John in all this? So John shot Lisa after putting her baby on the bed. They inquired if anyone else was in the house and found Philip Devine, who was staying there after a fight with his girlfriend. John then went to locate him. Oh, so Lisa's house was kind of like a place everyone can like come a when they're in. B&B, you know? Yeah, like when you're... <laughs> I was thinking because she was such a great friend. But yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I redact my statement. <laughs> After John shot Lisa again, and when Philip promised not to tell anyone if they left him alone, both Tom and John took him to the couch. According to Tom, John shot Philip twice. John then went back to Lisa's room and fired more shots. This is getting crazy, and I don't know how we... Like, I know how we got to this point, but how the hell does it get escalated this quickly? This man had nothing to do with it. They just didn't want to leave behind any witnesses. That's that's what they wanted. But my guy, you did the crime. Do the damn time. Like, I, I don't mean, know. They're still going to do the time, so. Well, I'm glad they're doing the time. I hope, the, I hope they're getting even more time. And you know what? Revenge. I love it. Or not revenge. Karma. 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 They were arrested that same afternoon. Tom quickly told the police that he witnessed John shoot three people. So he literally just put the blame on John right after they got arrested. Like What a coward. That's what I'm saying. What a coward. What a friend, actually. You know what? Tom and John really deserve each other. That's the kind of friendship they deserve. Yeah. No one else. The police then returned to the river where John disposed of his gloves gun and knife the knife had a leather sheath with john's name printed on it making it impossible to escape accountability oh so he had time before they caught him and then and he threw it and then they he threw all his stuff in the river what a dumbass his knife had his name on it i was just about to say i was like yeah i'm gonna go commit this crime and then with my name literally on the murder weapon yeah that's the way i'm gonna roll out what and Oh my god, this guy is literally the water in a ketchup bottle. At this point, we're going to get into the trial. Um, Tom was tried first on February 1995. He was granted an interview to Playboy magazine, which 
was in- it was just in- is interesting, you know. That is very interesting. Out of all magazines, Playboy. Well, remember you buy them for the articles, so. Gotcha. Anyways, uh, he actually admitted to participating in the rape and killing of Brandon. Oh, so now he's quoting glo- about it. Awesome. Yeah, let me remind you, Tom was the one who kind of snitched on yeah. the police that John did everything. And, but now he's, like, admitting but, to everything. Yeah, because now interview. he's getting this interview, and he's some big shot guy. Yeah, I did it. And what? Go freaking lick a goddamn cactus. But the interview was then published, garnering significant attention. Okay, so tell me, with him stupidly doing this interview, these outcomes, like, they gotta be top-notch. He must have definitely gotten arrested, put, like, the trial went great, this man's still in jail, and will be for the rest of his life. Please tell me. Yeah, well, we're about to get into that, so, hold your horses. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The jury struggled to find Tom guilty of first-degree murder for all deaths. I'm sorry, we're struggling with this? Yes. But on March 3rd, they eventually convicted him of first-degree murder for Brandon Tina and second-degree murder for Lisa Lambert and Philip Devine. I believe we should have gotten first-degree murder on all of them, but okay. Remember, John was actually the one who pulled the trigger for Lisa Lambert and Philip Devine. Valid point, valid point. You got me. And I'm not really sure who shot Brandon because it wasn't really specified. But Tom was the one who grabbed John's knife and then proceeded to stab him. You know what? You're right. You've got me. John's ex-girlfriend actually testified also. Wait, wait, wait. Didn't Lana date John? Is Lana the ex-girlfriend? Technically, yes. But this was a different ex-girlfriend who he was living with at the time but she revealed that he had been planning and threatening to kill brandon for a whole week oh my god so this is definitely premeditated so after like they had a whole week to plan and they weren't like arrested or anything it's crazy so if the police would have done their jobs this would never have happened brandon would still be alive yeah great but later on the night of the killings, John had asked her to provide him with an alibi. Oh, so now you need cover? Exactly. Mm. Mm. At the last minute, Tom made a deal with the state to save his life and to reduce his sentence. Coward. Yes, I agree. He decided to tell the truth about what really happened. According to Tom, he and John had planned the murder for a week intending to chop off Brandon's head and hands to prevent him from testifying about the rape. Oh, yeah, they went into detail planning. Yes. That's dark. Okay. Yes. Tom actually admitted to stabbing Brandon, but he also claimed that John did all the shooting. So he's basically like, yeah, I helped kill him, but I didn't kill him. I didn't kill him, kill him. I just Uh, killed him. No, you just killed him. You killed him. Eventually, the jury reached a decision, but it did take them five hours. Wow. A long time, too. I would agree, but I mean, they got the decision. 
On May 25, 1995, John Lauder was convicted of three counts of first-degree murder, three counts of using a deadly weapon, and one count of burglary. The prosecutors sought the death penalty, which was automatically subject to appeal. Naturally. After Brandon Tina's mother, Joanne Brandon, took legal action against Sheriff Charles Locks and Richardson County for wrongful death as they failed to arrest Tom and John after the rape. The sheriff had prevented the deputies from arresting Brandon's murderers. The lower court awarded Joanne $17,000, but the Nebraska Supreme Court ruled that Sheriff Locks hadn't fulfilled his duty to protect Brandon and ordered an increase in the damage awarded. As they should. First of all, go Mama Bear for right. going against this because I 100% think she definitely deserved more and I'm glad the Supreme Court saw that. But also, like, come on, bro. This was Only definitely 17,000. Yeah, and this was definitely on his head. If they were arrested that the when he went and got the rape kit, this wouldn't have been an issue. Yeah. No, I agree. But despite the conviction, John still maintains his innocence. What? A literal booger on yeah. the bottom of a so, shoe. After shooting three people, he says, "I didn't do it." Oh, yeah. I just mm. I didn't take lives. I didn't. Okay. Okay. You know, after his ex-girlfriend testified. Yeah. I was like, everyone's literally saying you did it, dude. You yeah. know you did it. But we're going to still continue to deny you've already been convicted. Okay. So this is, this is all super sad. Was there anything done to memorialize Brandon? Like, is there any kind of, like, info we have to, like... Like Actually, how... yeah. So Brandon is currently buried in Lincoln Memorial Cemetery in Lincoln, Nebraska. But his headstone reads, Tina R. Brandon, December 12th, 1972 to December 31st, 1993. And the headstone reads, daughter, sister, and friend. I don't love that. That's yeah. not who Brandon was. I'm but, wondering if his mother was the one who did that. Like, I'll maybe she hadn't fully accepted him yet? Yeah. Okay. I don't love it. There was actually a film about this called Boys Don't Cry that was made and even nominated for an Academy Award. I didn't know that. Yeah, but it also faced controversy when Brandon's former partner, remember, Lana, so she ended up suing the producers for unauthorized use of her name and misrepresentation in the film. Um, girl. Um, she claims they depicted her as, quote, lazy white trash and a skanky snake, end quote. You do come off pretty snaky getting in that car telling right. them where Brandon's at. But it was, you know, she never claimed that she was in the car, but. All right. Either or, it's not a hundred percent. I mean, I playing devil, devil's advocate. I can see that. Mm -hmm. You know, if I wasn't in the car and someone had just said I was, I would be really upset if that was portrayed in the yeah. film. But ot. But she also stated the film falsely portrayed that she continued with her relationship with Brandon after learning he was transgender. So 
you're not a horrible person, but at the same time, you're still transphobic? Exactly. Okay. Um, Brandon's mother, Joanne, she initially took offense in others, calling her son as he and Brandon. But recently as 2013, she had told a reporter that she accepted him as being transgender. But you're upset that they're calling him by his proper pronouns. Yes, but let me continue and figure oh, out why. Sorry. Yeah, so she later on states in that same interview, quote, I wonder how my life would be different if she was still with me. She would be such a joy to have around. She was always such a happy kid. I imagine her being a happy adult. And if being happy meant Tina living as a man, I would be fine with that. End quote. She just wants him to be alive. Yeah. So, but... so she hasn't fully. So basically what I'm hearing is that she hadn't had the opportunity to fully accept Brandon for who he was because he was taken. But if she could have him in this life as him, she would take that over not having him at all. That actually makes more sense. You know, that talking through that, I think, really helps me because that also makes sense. I'm not but... as mad at her anymore. But I'm wondering still, if she still hasn't fully accepted him because she still says she. Right. And I think the same thing. And I think it's sad that he's still not accepted even after death. But I think it's even sadder the fact that he never even got to live long enough to see himself mm -hmm. accepted by his mom. And I wish every parent, as soon as someone came out and said they are who they are, every parent would immediately back up their child and be like, I've fully accept you and immediately okay. resumed it's not always the case though it's not and it sucks and it's it's sad but maybe she just hadn't had do we know how long brandon had like how long it had been since brandon came out to his mom yeah so remember in high school after high school in 1993 he actually moved to a new town to start a new life as a man but i don't think he actually came out to anyone or his mother because you know he started dating girls he never like told them you know mm. i was a female and i'm undergoing a sex change procedure or any of that so you know what okay and then in, in again playing devil's advocate something my mom told me when i came out to her as a lesbian is that now she needed a second to take time to reevaluate all the future plans right. she had for me. But yeah, that's the story on Brandon Tina. That was super sad. I'm really, and I'm kind of glad you got a chance to tell me this story because with everything going on um, here in the, like here in the States, we know transphobia is having a real, right a real sec in the in the spotlight right now which as it should because people do need to be called on this i 100 percent believe if you want to be whoever you want to be you're not hurting anybody you know you're not hurting anybody it affects no one else's life but yours live your life like this like it it's just sucks because brandon literally was doing nothing to anyone like he he was affecting no one now you know, his thing with Lana, whatever, it, I'm sad it came, that's the way it had to come up. Like, I wish he had the opportunity to have, to tell her in a better way, but at the right. same time, like, he told her. 
You know what I mean? And it just, I don't know. I just, I hate that that's what he had. That's the life he had. His, like, that's what he spent his last moments in life dealing with. It's a, it's a shame. And I'm so sad that someone saw the opportunity to make him feel like a woman. And I'm putting hella quotation marks on that because it's just rape. And that's not what makes anyone feel like a woman. And before we hop off, just remember if for any reason you're questioning your sexuality, you're questioning your gender, remember there are always resources out there for you. Um, if you're not ready to disclose it to anyone else around you in your immediate circle, there are hotlines you can call, um, the trans lifeline being one of them, as well as, of course, if it's, you know, anything to do with the LGBT community, the Trevor Project is always great, a, re- uh, a great resource to reach out to, um, and just to talk things through, anything's going on in your life, if you just need someone to listen to you, don't feel like you're alone. Yeah, but thank you for sharing that super sad story. Um, I'm going to need a second to get back to my happy self. Yeah, thank you for listening. But if you all found this episode informative, please consider leaving us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And remember, you can catch The Lavender Files, Crimes Unmasked on various platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, rss.com, and our website, thelavenderfilespodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I'm super excited for you guys to start this journey with us and keep in touch. Yeah. Peace. Eee.